Who wants, Daddy, who wants a pot of coffee? I just make coffee. You want a cup of coffee? Sure, there you go. Who wants coffee? Anybody else want coffee? Who wants coffee? And now, it's time for the man with the caffeine. The new tropics for the brain. It's Coffee with Mike. Hang in, hang tight, grab your cup, and let's get this thing started. Hey everybody, welcome back to Java Chat. It's Coffee with Mike here, and today I get to sit with this gentleman on my, uh, my, what's my left, your right, I think, or your left, my right, somewhere in there. <laughs> Glad you guys could all come back and join us. Please welcome to the show, Tristan Palil. Thank you, Tristan, for coming and hanging out for a while. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's interesting, but Tristan and I connected and he's all the way in Spain and I'm all the way in Las Vegas. So if you guys notice a slight little delay, that's, that's what that comes from. But, uh, I think you're at about five thirty your time already. Yeah. 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 I think we have a, we have a slight time difference. Uh, you're, you're starting your day. I'm slowly finishing mine. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have a business partner in the Philippines, so he's. He's about finishing, I think, his next day, or he's more than halfway through it, or something like that. It's, these time zones are crazy. Anyway, uh, give us an idea, Tristan, who, where, where you are, who you are, where you're from, what do you do? Yeah, sure. So I'm, uh, as you say, I'm in Spain. I'm in Barcelona. I'm a Frenchman. I... I was, uh, so I studied in France and in the Netherlands, I studied business, went to business school, studied economics as well. And just after that, I moved to London where I was for almost six years. Uh, did a bunch of stuff there, actually most of the time in the same company, but I worked in corporate finance, corporate strategy. Uh, so most of that time at a bank called Virgin Money, you know, it's a Virgin group, the guy that went to space. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, during my time there, I, I worked on a, on a few big projects, smaller projects. My uh, last thing there was to develop strategic partnerships with fintech startups and big technology companies to try to transform financial services. I've been quite passionate about innovation in, in finance and, and financial services for quite a while. So last year, uh, kind of in the middle of the pandemic, I decided to move out of London, move to Barcelona. And I started doing a couple of things. Well, something I had started in, in January, actually, which is to manage a, a small blog called FinTech Review, where I write articles, I interview people, um, I welcome guest posts as well, about everything and, and anything about FinTech. And when I don't do that, I, uh, I'm a consultant, strategy consultant. Uh, so I advise mostly fintech startups and I'm also working on my own, uh, on my own fintech startup. So as you can see, I keep busy, uh, yeah, I don't like cool. to, to be bored. So, so I do, a, I do a lot of things. I don't, I don't, I don't think anybody likes to be bored. I know, I know I don't like to be bored. Of course, uh, fintech is, a very interesting realm. Not everybody understands uh, that. And I don't think I've actually had anybody dig into it. So if you don't mind, um, the fintech startup that you have, what does it entail? What is it about? Yeah, sure. So um, with my, my co-founder, we're still early stage, but we're looking at um, 
kind of the wealth management financial planning space, but kind of trying to build a tool to help people make better decisions. Uh, just because a lot of people are confused as to what decisions they should be making, how they make the decision, you know, should I buy or rent a house? Should I lease my car or should I buy it? Should I invest in that thing or should I actually, how do I diversify? What what should be my, my portfolio allocation? So I'm looking at that space. Um, because I mean, fintech is quite wide. So yes, you know, it's technically it's just technology applied to financial services, but I look at it as more like innovation in in finance. So I look at everything the intersection of like business, technology, like economics. Like you have a bit of social dimension to it. So there, there are like many many aspects to it, and that's why I quite like you know it's 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 a mess. And I like that mess. <laughs> it's it's interesting that you describe it as the uh, the wonderful mess that it is. The technology that's been available to the consumer has been extremely limited. Um, so I'm, uh, are you looking at, at it from the standpoint of creating like an app or a platform or? Yeah, I'm looking. Uh, so yeah, the, the space we're looking at is to try to build a simple tool. So. Uh, either people don't do anything about yeah, financial planning more generally, oh, so just yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, fine. I have money here, I have money there. I'll buy this, I'll buy that. I'll be able to retire or not, kind of yeah. And or you have the nuts like me with Excel, like very complicated Excels, and <laughs> with all your life is there in there, and you have like very crazy formulas. So. So yeah, the idea is to build a platform app, whatever, but something simple that people can understand without jargon and, and lots of numbers and tables. Like no one wants that. No one wants to, you, know, you come back from work, you don't want to turn on Excel. Well, except me, I love it, but most people <laughs> don't want to do <clears throat> their free time. They don't want to be You're on passionate Excel. about it. So it's understandable. It's all good. Um, <clears throat> when you left, <clears throat> you said you left England and you went to Barcelona, Spain. Why Spain? Um, so I had a good time in London. It's it's a great place, but uh, the weather is shit. And I was like, I need I need a better a better environment, better lifestyle. Uh, these days you can work from about anywhere, um, but I also wanted a city that is quite dynamic and a good business environment. So. I, I looked at a few cities around in Europe where I could go, and in the end, I chose chose Barcelona um, because it has a good mix of stuff: of business, beach, um, nice weather. So I thought, you know what, it's it sounds like a good good mix to me. That's interesting because you don't you don't always hear business in Barcelona is synonymous, but it, it sounds like it's got. A good epicenter of, of sorts for for that and still be able to ha live an enjoyable life is that is that about accurate yeah yeah so basically in spain uh the the the, the business life like the business centers is quite split between madrid and barcelona uh or like catalonia so it's quite it's quite dynamic the it, it but it's been for a while that here you have lots of entrepreneurs so quite naturally over the past a few years like 20 years lots of startups have come out of, of barcelona uh, and more and more are coming out 
Um, so yeah, it's it, it's it's known, especially from the from the US, it's known as as being like uh, you know it, it's on the list when you do like a European trip, you need to go to Barcelona. Oh, yeah. There will be like sang yeah. sangria as a beach and you know, tapas and quite good stuff. But actually, yeah, besides that, uh, it's it's a good it's a good business environment. Um, it's it's one of the top cities to do business in in Europe. So it's uh, it's quite dynamic. Yeah, I, it, it sounds like it is. Um, obviously, it's a bucket list for me to get out there. A big thing for us in the States is usually culture and, like you said, some of the other fun tourist things that you can do, but nobody ever thinks about, well, what kind of business is done in Barcelona? We, we're usually thinking London or we're thinking, you know, somewhere in Germany or something of that nature. Um, and everything else is just culture and fun. So it shows you how sometimes we're disconnected from reality. <laughs> but it, but it's it's interesting to hear. What are some of the what are some of the big challenges that you're tackling right now uh, as a consultant for fintechs? Like you, you said, you're a consultant to startups in that realm. What are some of the things that you're seeing, and what are some of the things that you're helping with? Yeah, so actually, I mean, my journey as a, as a consultant is started a few years ago. I started mentoring entrepreneurs, and which led me last year to to becoming like a, a consultant. Is that a lot of things that were logical to me were not logical to, to many people because I was working corporate strategy. So I was all about planning stuff and like very coherent business plan and, and all the parts that work together and managing big projects and stuff. So basically what I do is that I'm trying to solve like issues. So I like to work with early stage companies that have, that have a good idea. Uh, and and sometimes some bits are missing, so they're they're not really sure how to get to their market. They're not really sure how to talk to their customers. Not really, you know, sure exactly what their product should be doing. Uh, how to get there? How to convince investors to 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 bring money into the company? So it's kind of usually like solving little issues that they might have uh, within their overall like you know, business plan um so so yeah that's that's what i like to do uh because you have lots of people passionate about doing something in fintech and other other industries and it's just sometimes it's execution it's not the idea because at the end of the day you, know, you can have a great idea what matters is execution and where i help is is on that is like okay you know let's let's execute this idea really well and let, let's take all the steps you're going to do this, do that. These are your customers. This is what they want, you know, and, and go like very logical. And at the end of the day, strategy is, it's not, you know, it's not rocket science. It's very, it's a very organized process and you have all your parts and you look at all the parts and you try to make them work together really well. And then you, you execute on all, all these bits. But you need to do this homework first of figuring out how it's all gonna work. Um, so yeah, so that's that's what I what I tend to do with with companies. When when you get into early stage, what's the what's the biggest one that you see is consistently missing? I think, and I think that's I, I have a feeling I know one of them. I probably don't know them all, but especially in fintech, there's a lot of like you said. There are systems that need to be in place, but what, what's what's some of the biggest holes you've noticed on early stage fintechs when they're just starting to plan? 
Um, I think it's really looking at the market. So, you know, your, your classic product market fit is that they want to build a product, but they haven't looked really, you know, what the market is and if there is a market for their product. And I've seen it times and times, um, like the, for me, you know, the first thing you should need to do is look at your market. And so do your proper market research and, and see what your customers want, what are their pain points, what, what you're actually solving for. This is the biggest thing I've seen is that there is, sure, I mean, you can build anything and everything, but it doesn't mean that people are going to use it. Or is they going to use it, but are you sure they want to pay for it? Because this is, you know, step two. And okay, if they pay for it, are you sure you're getting enough customers that this is, you know, big, big idea? And this is what investors look at. It's like, okay, how big is your market? And I feel, I feel a lot of people are skipping to this and try to build something as fast as they can. Um, where and then they get to the point where okay, we have this, we have users. Maybe have a bit of traction. Oh yeah, we have hundreds of hundreds of people on it, and they're using it. Sure, but then to the point where okay, are they paying for it? You know, what's what the what the value in in your business? And and this is where usually you know it's your the classic after two three years where most businesses have died. That because it's easy to start a business. What's hard is getting to that point where actually you start to get recurring revenues and and these revenues are growing and people love your product and blah 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 and good good to that point. Um, so that's, for me, this is this is where where most of the problems lie. Yeah, mar market and business intelligence are, and we still see that today in in all of the startups uh, entrepreneurs. I mean, I I know of a couple of early stage apps that are in production, great ideas. Um, I'm not quite sure that they've done enough market research because um, as cool as the idea is, the idea may still be either ahead of its time or just the market may not be ready for it just yet. Um, yeah. and, and, it, it, and it depends. I mean, if, if, you've done, if you've done a market assessment, as an example, <clears throat> I got a friend who came up with a, <clears throat> an emergency app for seniors great idea um competitor to a very well-known brand out here in the states called bifle art um theirs is just a little thing and a, and a speaker in a, in a house this one would actually go with the senior wherever they went on their phone and it was a it was a wonderful idea something happened where i, th I think it was the pandemic started really hurt the ability for them to move forward with anything <clears throat> including putting the app out there when everything settled down and things started opening up slowly again, one of the partners actually went out and paid a research firm and he paid them quite well to go out to the market and go see if this was still something that the market would want. They came back and said, no, huge bummer. I mean, five figures just to go get all that research done to come back and say, yeah, the six, the mid six that you guys dumped into this, sorry. Took their advice, did not move forward with it. But the the idea again, what you're what you're saying is, is if you don't really know who wants it, yeah, sure, you might get a nice little start. <clears throat> Heck, you might even get an injection of funds. But that does not mean that it's going to be sustainable. And we still see a lot of that today too. So when you when you get involved with projects, 
what are some of the things that you look for as far as the promise of a project becoming successful? Yeah, I mean, you, I, I believe, you know, it's a two-way, it's a two-way process is that, you know, I, I evaluate if I want to work with the people, sure. then, uh, so yeah, I mean, I look for, it's going to sound dumb, but for competent people, is it kind of, I, I believe they, they know what dumb. they're doing, right? It is not dumb at all. Let me tell you. <laughs> you and I have the, both come across the ones where you just sit, sit there and shake your head going, yeah, this one's not going anywhere. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just not to waste my time. So uh, I'm, I'm just trying to yeah, find people that I believe they can execute on, on their idea. Uh, it doesn't mean that they, they, they need to have done it before. It just, you know, you look at people and you're like, okay, fine. I mean, I believe your story and I think you can execute and whatever. And, and then also, I mean, over time, you see if you can work with the people, if they can, if they answer emails or they take your, your calls or, or if they play dead and, or you ask them for information and they're like, you yeah, know, or then this is how you, you see over time also like, okay, let's, let's, let's cut short here. Like we can't work together. So then, you know, passionate about what they're trying to do. Um, kind of have a good vision, uh, you know, so have a vision of what they want to do. They're quite clear, I mean, clear-ish about how it's going to work, but they know what they want to do. And then I'm there to help them execute on, on the vision, but they need, they need this vision. I can't, can't come in and say, no, I mean, you're going, you should go in that direction or you should do this, you should do that. It's not, it's not for me to, to do, right? Is that this is for my, my startup? Yeah, I decide where it's going. Fine. If it's your business, you decide where it's going. I'm not here to tell you, I'm not going to take your hand and, and take you there. I'm just here to, to help you. So to advise you on the right direction. Um, Yes, I, I guess it's a it's a mix of things. I I look for it's a bit like a you know a, when you try to hire someone. I look a bit for hard skills and soft skills. That I look for people that know what they're doing, that have the right background, and then and then yeah, and they're they're nice to work with. They're not they're not assholes. Um, that's kind of the basic stuff and. Yes. I've had, I mean, I haven't been a consultant for a long time, but I've been through like some people that have been like, guys, you know, it's been 15 minutes. That was nice to talk to you. We're going to stop here. <laughs> so it's, it, it happens. And, yeah, uh, yeah. You need to, uh, you need to be strong enough actually as a, as a, as an independent consultant to say no to, to business, but I think you need to do it. And when I started, I was like, oh, I'll take, I'll take everything and anything. Uh, but then we started <coughs> like, well, no, actually the whole point of being independent is that you don't have to deal with the people that you want, don't want to deal with. Absolutely. And you, you, you ring a, a common theme amongst investors that I know. In fact, I've had a couple on here and they basically covered the same thing that you just did. Mm. Investors invest in people. That's their biggest thing. Are the people good enough for it? Are they, and, and the word confident did come up. Are they confident? Can they execute like you just said? And are they really committed? Are they passionate about what this deal is? Because they might be clueless about what needs to happen, but if they're like 
fucking committed to it and the investor goes go do this and it gets done within the next day or so because they go out they just figure out how to get it done that's the kind of hustle that an investor wants to see i would assume you would you you're you're kind of saying the same thing now of course you're not the investor but as a consultant because I've, I've done consulting for marketing too i'm the same way is your brand something that you're committed to are you so committed that you're unwilling to pivot if necessary but are you committed to your are you committed to your brand are you committed to your market if you're really looking at making this work then i can probably help you and that either with suggestions direction or, or tools you know just whatever it takes. Mm. this is an interesting little story um guys we're going to take a short 30 second break when we come back we're going to talk a little bit more about uh what motivates you kind of talked about a little bit with tristan but we're going to go digging a little bit so we'll be back in 30 seconds Hey guys, welcome back. Java Chat Coffee with Mike sitting here with Tristan Pillow. And um, it's interesting, a Frenchman in Spain. That's that's uh, that's almost indicative of the old Three Musketeers story. But well, I digress. Anyway, um, <laughs> give me, you, you know what? It's it's interesting. Second section, we always talk about what inspires and what motivates. I mean, obviously you're an analytical. You love numbers. You love Excel sheets. That's cool as shit if you ask me. I, I wish I had the passion for that. I don't. Um, but I love guys to do because you guys can sit there and stare at numbers and pick out like the most minuscule of things and go, oh, here, let's tweak this. And all of a sudden shit explodes and you just look at it and go on a number. Are you kidding? I mean, this is this has got to be the fun stuff for you. Uh, what, what's what's that like? I mean, like when you sit down and you look at something and all of a sudden you can see the potential in just a couple things moving. What does that do for you? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. um you know, it didn't happen overnight. So I studied, as I said, I did, I did a master's degree in, in, in business. I, I majored in finance and I studied economics. So I've, I've, I was in numbers, you know, before starting to work. So, and then, uh, my first, uh, so I did a cross border uh, mergers and acquisitions. So very much all about numbers and, and, uh, and you know, playing around with numbers, and what what you learn is that you can do whatever you want with numbers. That's that's the beauty of it, right? Is that you you change a little assumption here, you like you change the rate here, blah blah, blah hopla, and suddenly <laughs> you have what you want, what you what you wanted, and that you learn you learn over time that actually you can you can do whatever whatever you want. But no, and uh, and then my my first. Uh, so my first uh, you know, full-time job, I was financial analyst, and I spent I was spending my time in balance sheet and profit and loss, and basically, you know, the, was to to analyze the co the competition was like, okay, the annual report is here, okay, find find the little stuff within it. So you dig a bit into the numbers and try to find. What adjustments have been made? What what is this little footnote? And so it's it's an investigation into into the numbers, and it's quite fun in the end when with time when what you when you know what to look for and you know what what this numbers mean what this number means or when this company says oh we've done this and you're like mm, that means that this is that and this is yeah this is bullshit or whatever so <laughs> it's quite it's quite interesting to um to, to develop this ability to to tell like the truth the truth the truth from from stuff that have been made up um and 
But yeah, no, it's quite. Yeah, I know. Yeah, some people are not into numbers. Some some are really into numbers. Some are like, okay, I like numbers, but not so much. Uh, but uh, but yeah, yeah I, I, I like take uh, I take good fun with it. <laughs> I'm the guy that says, I, I have to look at it because I have to look at it. I need to know what I need to know. I'd rather not because I really, it's not really my bag, but I love the guys that do because they can help me figure out what's good and what's not, where I should be putting the investments and where I shouldn't be putting the investments. And it's like, it becomes, it becomes exciting for me when somebody like yourself sits there and goes, Hey, look at this click 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 and all of a sudden the numbers at the end go up and i go what the hell did you just do and then you guys explain it and i'm like shit that's all i'm like okay cool hang on a second because <laughs> it's it's like seeing the passion in somebody who loves numbers like yourself and, and I, I i heard what you said it didn't happen overnight and i have a question about that too in a second but seeing the passion come out of somebody that goes hey did you know that if we did this it's almost like we're talking as an investor to an entrepreneur. Hey, what if you could blank? And the investor looks up and goes, holy shit, never thought about that. You think there's a market for it? One of the main questions we always ask, right? Is there a market for it? You think people will actually buy it? Got any numbers to back that up? That's, that's when I see guys like yourself start getting excited. Just little tweaks, little things here and there. And they're huge their huge effect on things. And it's not always about numbers either. Sometimes it's just about market penetration. Sometimes it's just about, you know, affecting a market period. Um, but to see the excitement on people's faces in that realm, it's pretty exciting to me. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, to go back to that question though, um, you said it didn't happen overnight. Have you like always been in and around interested in numbers? I mean, like before you even went for your master's, I mean, like, were you just a, a numbers kid? Were you, did you just enjoy doing that kind of stuff? Yeah, I guess, um, I mean, you're, you're always influenced by, by your parents, but my dad was, uh, was really into finance and, and you know, stock market and, and, and investing and stuff. So I grew up with him just talking numbers and he's, he's very fast with his numbers, much faster than me, like, you know, mental calculation, uh, kind of, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we were kids, he would tell us, okay, what is 233 times yeah, 17 and this kind of kind of stuff and see where we're, we're like, we're five kids. So see which one is, is answering the fastest. So I, uh, so yeah, I grew up uh, kind of fond of numbers. And then from, from the teenage years, I was like, okay, I want to work in finance and and I was like, you know, I want to, I had this image I would be on Wall Street with like walking around to the office and with my, my coffee from, from Starbucks and about to go into the office and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a trader or whatever. So that's was what I thought I would do. So that's why I, I studied to, to go to business school, to study finance. I thought I would be a trader. That was my, my plan for a long time. Then I realized, well, yeah, no, actually the job is... It's like, it's interesting, but it's not what I do. I prefer like corporate finance. And then I, I went more into corporate finance, but, uh, but yeah, I grew up seeing, I would work in, in finance, uh, I guess part of the influence of my dad and then all the movies I kind of glorify what, what it is to, to work in finance and then reality is that you do 
That's work long hours you you earn you earn a lot but you know you sacrifice everything and and anything and i was like okay uh, <laughs> so um but uh but you know some people i mean uh, because obviously uh, since i went to business school a lot of people i know went to investment banking oh it's good um it's it's a choice uh uh, and it's not a choice I wanted to make, but some people, some people love it. What are some of the movies you, you mentioned? Movies, and I knew there's, there's always it's, it's inevitable. I always talk to somebody. There's books, movies, and stuff like. What, what's some of the movies that that you saw that that kind of pushed that vision for you? Well, obviously Wall Street, mm, the the original one. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, the original. Then, yeah, who are the who are the main stars in that one? The original Wall Street was who? uh was uh, charlie sheen uh okay. michael okay. douglas yeah yeah um so and then more recent movies are quite good uh you know margin call uh, i haven't seen that one is that really good margin call is really good yeah okay. i see it's one of my my favorite like it's top um yeah well for full street is is fun, but I wouldn't put it in my top movies. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Jordan, uh, Jordan's an interesting character. Let's 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 leave it at that. He's he's uh yeah. he's a he's a straight wolf. He really did what he did. Um, I'm pretty sure you've seen some of, but his is more in in <clears throat> the sales side of investing, not so much planning, um, like what what you're dealing with. You're you're more on the on the side of figuring out how to balance out a portfolio. His was how much money can we make? And he did really well. He really did. The the big short is also an amazing movie. Ah yes. Uh, it's more uh, it's 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 where finance meets uh, economics and very good. Don't mind me, I'm just taking notes. Finance meets economics. Um, I forgot about that one, the big short. Uh, definitely one I, that that I've been meaning to watch. Maybe I'll just get on Netflix or something and go catch it because that um, I've heard good reviews about that one. Any books? Anything that you've ever read that that as far as corporate strategy? Because this is one of the things like I have, um, and I don't know where I put the book, but it, there's a book out here, um, understanding. And of course, right when I decided to think of the title, I can't remember. It'll be in the description, though. Um, but understanding corporate strategy, because uh, there is a guy out here. Um, he's known as the father of corporate strategy. So I, I'm just wondering if you you've got any books or anything around that, or is it is it more on investing? Or um, yeah, so there is competitive strategy from uh, Michael Porter. There you go. Um, I have the other one that says understanding yeah, was, Porter. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. So so Michael Porter uh, has wrote. Oh, um, um, and then there is. Uh, there is a good one from uh, Harvard Business Review. It's like 10 must-reads on, on strategy, uh, uh, which I really like because it's you have one from, isn't it, from Michael Porter. But it's it's also like different bits about like different parts of, of strategy. So it's quite, um, it's quite good to get an overview. You know, it goes from um, performance management to like, like, be, like more high-level stuff um 
So these are yeah, two books uh, I would I would recommend, and then I mean you have you have tons, but I do spend much more time trying to read. Um, so a bit like the ten must read is trying to read like smaller pieces. Um, you know, articles from McKinsey they, they put out a lot of stuff that are quite helpful, um, or or from. Uh, in INSEAD or Wharton is doing lots of lots of stuff on 3D. So like longer articles that can be useful to understand some some bits. Um, so I spend much more time reading these than just actually reading reading a book. That's awesome. Yeah, we have um, there's a service. Uh, there's a couple of services now. They have those new ones where you can subscribe and they they basically <clears throat> give you the highlight points of a book in 15 minutes 12 15 minutes you just listen to them and they give you all of the the, the main points of the book kind of giving you the gold nuggets instead of you having to sit and read because um, with everything as busy as it's gotten it's kind of hard to sit down and actually read a book these days um, you know you mentioned a little earlier you know it takes a lot of time to get through work as, as entrepreneurs know this quite well um, people that are in consulting know this quite well we're constantly on the move if, if, if we want to stay up with the market, we're constantly having to watch what's current and at the same time be trying to read books. It's, it's, a, little, it's a little challenging. So it's, it's, uh, it's nice that these new people have come up with these apps that can basically summarize the books and give you the knowledge, at least the, the main bullet points. It's good. Awesome. Um, who are some of the people, obviously Michael Porter is definitely a good one. Um, who are some of the people that you think are, are the most influential in fintech that you kind of look up to? Um, who do I look to in fintech? Um, obviously, take a keep an eye on uh, on the guys like the guys that lead big fintechs. So you know, if you look at um, the Robinhood co-founders or PayPal or uh, so. I kind of look at the leaders, um, but not, I mean, sometimes, or, or the, the CEO of Revolut, like the new bank out of London. So I, I look at them, not, oh, I want to be like them, but more trying to see how they're, they're taking their business. So they're obviously quite influential. And then you have lots of, lots of influencers and, and, and people that talk and and write a lot um but yeah i don't know like i i follow a, a lot of people i try to take different point of views try to see to see what's what's what to see how i mean for me for instance robin hood it's quite interesting because the the premise of go you know guys we're going to democratize finance uh, democratize investing this is like the vision but then like the business model is not aligned to that because what you want is people to to trade a lot because you need flow to then get get paid so i'm like okay well it's interesting because you seem to have a vision but then your execution is like it's quite biased and it's not what you're doing is that it's not in the best interest of, of the users or the customers because this is not what they should be doing they should buy a, uh, an, an ETF on the S&P 500 and sit on it for the next 20 years. Yeah. They don't, they shouldn't be like 
trading options you know, five times a day. And so I'm quite interested in looking at that kind of stuff. So the, the, the gaps between I'm a leader, and but you're not doing the right thing as a leader. You should you know, go in a different direction. Um, so, so there, so that's the long thing to say. I look up to some people, but sometimes it's not for, you know, it's not like to praise them, but more to say like, look at this more and what it is doing. Uh, I think it's completely wrong. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Observing to see what their actions are, like as the Robin Hood example, interestingly enough, I was actually in that, in the midst of that debacle that happened. Um, <clears throat> what they say and what they do, two different things. Yeah. What they should have been doing was educating. Um, and they did a very poor job of that. Uh, especially like when you mentioned, you know, people that are beginning investors playing around in options. I'm approved for options. I'm not an experienced trader in options, nor do I do it. I just did it to see if I could get in. And I did, and I went, okay, this is going to be a problem because if somebody like me, that's really not an options trader, I'm not an experienced options trader. I'm not a part of any of the gurus programs on options. If I'm being allowed in to do this, who else is being allowed in to do this? And isn't smart enough to know better to not go play someplace you don't belong. That's a that's a that's a that's a serious recipe for disaster. And this is outside of all the stuff that happened with them with GameStop and all that other shit that went down. You know, they were supposed to be this independent platform, and nobody understands there's no such thing as an independent platform per se, because you still have clearing houses to deal with. And guess what they're gonna do? They're gonna influence the deal. No matter how you look at it, there's always somebody else involved. So it's nice you want to democratize trading, but mm, you got some holes. So yeah, I get it. it. It's it's kind of seeing where the leaders are playing and what they're doing, catching the bullshit when you see it. Obviously, cool. Um, what do you think would be a good place for somebody who's interested in fintech? Aside of the books and and some of the things that you've mentioned, where do you think is a good place for people to start observing? And, and, and we'll get into the next section too, if you've got a blog, I think you do. But what are, what are some things that people can start observing to, to see what's really going on? Yeah, so, I mean, there are lots of resources uh, out there, uh, as you were saying. There's FinTech Review, which is my blog, and it's awesome. So uh, I try to take, I mean, I try to take everybody on board, basically, because I'm quite passionate about it, and I want people to understand what it is. Uh, but besides that, um, when you want to understand a concept, Investopedia is like is is probably the best place ever uh, because it dissects every single thing in finance. Um, and yeah, I mean that and and following uh, following a few people on on Twitter or or LinkedIn that will share share things, and so you can with time uh, understand understand what's going on um you have so many yeah, so many news news platforms and 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 blogs and stuff about it um but yeah you need to start from the beginning to try to understand what it is like like try to understand the the main concept to, to build your base so you know, what is fintech what is yeah what is 
trading, like trying to understand like the, the overall concept um, and then try to connect the dots. Yeah. What I was you saying about Robin. A, a really good point there. People should probably understand finance first. There's a lot of people that go into fintech and they're still blind as to what the hell it does, even, even though they might understand the fintech part of it, but they still have no base on what investing is or what finance is. Um, you kind of mentioned yeah, that. No, different thing. Yeah. I mean, fi fintech without finance is just tech, right? It's not, it's not fintech. Um, and yeah, trying to understand, connect the dots. Yeah. Robinhood, it's free. Cool. Something is free. It means you're the product, right? It's like nothing is free in life. So understand, trying to understand what, what it means, uh, with a business model, where where they're making the money, why they do that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I encourage people to try to scratch the surface without you know, going into conspiracy yeah. theories, but yeah. Yeah, the Fed printing money or whatever, which happens a lot on, on Twitter as well. Yeah. But without going into that in that direction, there's still a lot of homework you can do and investigation to try to understand how things work. But yeah, definitely you need to understand how finance works, how economics work. Yeah. Because you see a lot of stuff being said about crypto by people that obviously don't understand how, how the economy works or how the economy, like the currency is linked to the financial system, how the it's all like a stability and how all these things work and how it's tied to politics yeah. and this people overlook that and i'm like yeah sure man but do you think the guy in the the white house and the guys in all the white houses everywhere gonna let you do that or let you do this yeah sure power to the people yeah mm -hmm. so um so yeah being curious but also trying to understand the big picture but yeah, all the elements. So trying to understand what technology does, what the finance, how the finance works, how the economics work, uh, and and then business tying up everything. Why why people launch this business? Why do you think it's going to succeed or not? Um, yeah, it all matters. It all absolutely matters. That's great stuff, man. Hey guys, we're going to take one more short thirty second break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, what's next for Tristan. So we'll be back in thirty. And we're back here, Java Chat, hanging out with Tristan Palou, and this is Mike Coffee with Mike. Almost said my whole name. Jeez, it gets it gets it gets monotonous after a while, and you just kind of want to say it's me. <laughs> so, <laughs> last section, we get to talk about what Tristan's up to. He mentioned something a little earlier. Um, the Financial Review. That's your blog, correct? Yeah, FinTech Review. FinTech, FinTech Review is my blog. FinTech yeah. Review. Let's make sure I get that right. Tell us about it, buddy. What's going on there? Yeah, sure. So after a while, like when I was working at Virgin Money and everybody was calling me Mr. Fintech and asking me for stuff. And I started I love writing. when that kind of stuff happens, right? I mean, when people just start coming to you and you just all of a sudden, you're the guy. <laughs> yeah. So I started writing uh, short updates for, for some people and then writing updates for the whole company and then i was like you know what why am i not writing stuff for the whole world so i started started my yeah. blog yeah. and 
it evolved into being a bit more than just me rambling about, about fintech and uh, I started interviewing people and uh, and guest posts and stuff. So it's been good so far. Um, just past like 11,000 views since the last year. So since January last year, all of which like I think 9,000 since January this year as I got more into it and more time dedicated to it. And so, yeah, I mean, what I do is that in addition to that, I have a weekly update where people can subscribe and then they will uh, receive a short weekly update about me rambling about what's going on, um, what's happening in fintech, what's what's going on in crypto, why it's uh, why is this thing is bullshit, why is this thing is great. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I do with with fintech review. I, I from the beginning I was like, you know what? This is going to be opinionated. Uh, I'm not doing neutral stuff. If something is good, I'll tell it. If something is not good, I will say it. Um, and yeah, I, I think some some people are looking for that. Some don't, but it doesn't matter. Um, so it's a great, well, I'm, I'm biased, but I think it's a great source <laughs> if you want to learn more about fintech. Uh, so, so yeah, definitely welcome more people and also uh, you know, suggestions and people say, oh, I don't understand this. And you know, can you explain what this is? And mm -hmm. this I love as well. Yeah. People awesome. curious about, well, you said this, why, why are you saying this? This doesn't make sense. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, sure. It does make a bit of sense. It's interesting. So, so you're basically, you're, you're, you're putting out, it's kind of an opinion blog. Although it's backed by actual numbers, most likely uh, knowing, knowing your analytic state, it's probably backed by actual facts, but it's kind of an opinion blog is what I'm hearing. Is that kind of, is that kind of correct? Yeah, yeah it's an opinion blog, but yeah, I'm based, I'm basing my, my analysis on, on some actual you know, yeah. facts. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I'm not going to say, oh, you know, this thing is crap because I don't believe in it. No, I will say uh, this is that because I, I'm taking different facts and obviously, as I was saying, you can do whatever you want with numbers, but sure. there is some kind of logic to, to everything. There is an, there is a logical flow. And if you know how to read the numbers, you can eventually tell where the reality is. That's really what it comes down to. You're right. Um, are you, do you got anything else in the works besides the blog? Are you, are you going to be speaking anywhere? You got any books on the way? I, I can swear there's a book in you somewhere, buddy. <laughs> so as I said, I'm also working on my own FinTech startup. So it's still early days, but, uh, we'll make some wave in the, in the, the financial planning. It's more, not really financial planning. It's more like financial decisions. So helping you make better uh, financial decisions. So working on this, um, it's been, been a few months and it will, it will eventually come to life in the next two, three months. Um, so yeah, watch this space. It's going to be big. You will, you will need to let us know when it launches so that we can go ahead and promote it and tell everybody about it. Cause that's, that's definitely something that we like to help with our guests, especially when they're coming out with a new product, like what you're doing. Um, it's worth sharing, um, whether somebody uses it or not is a different story, but the idea is that the more people know, the more choices they have 
and and that that can also be a, an over an overwhelm. But in the case of what we're doing doing here, you're bringing something to the table that will help quell or alleviate the overwhelm because you're you're helping them to see and make better decisions. So please let us know when that when that uh, that launches so that we can help get that word out. Yeah, will do. Yeah, as as I said, you know, I'm uh, when I look at leaders and what they do and you know what what they say they do and actually they don't do quite driven by uh, for me fintech was all about trying to do financial services better and, and finance better so people make better decisions and and they do you know they, it improves their lives so if if this if this is not what i'm building then what the point is that yeah. Yeah. i mean i need to be excited about changing people's life for the better of course i mean it's not going to be a charity and i'm going to deliver a good service and getting paid for it and that's great everybody wins uh but i'm not here at you know building a business where the whole point is to screw to screw people and take all their money and then run away with it charge them exuberant fees or whatever like come on like do you do you sleep at night i mean i i don't want to do that so um so yeah i'll i'll tell you when when it's when it's up and running That'll be awesome. That'll be awesome. Definitely want to check that app out when it comes out. Um, guys, we've reached the end of our time. Uh, and, and Tristan, I wanted to say thank you once again for coming and sharing some of your insights, your expertise, and hanging out on Java Chat. Really appreciate it, buddy. Thanks. Yeah, it was a good chat. Good, yeah. uh, good coffee with you, man. Yeah, it was a good chat. That was it's one of the better chats, actually. Thanks, uh, thanks so much. Guys, if you're watching, again, uh, don't forget, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button and the bell next to it, because that tells you when we get another good guest like this, come on board and hang out with us here at Java Chat. If you're listening to us on any of our, what is it, 12 or 13 platforms, <laughs> make sure you subscribe or you download from that favorite platform. Uh, if you're listening to us on Anchor.fm, that's our home base. You know, we could always use some support there too. Happy to share with you guys what we have you have any suggestions <clears throat> as far as guests are concerned please hit us up uh, javachatpodcast.com uh, send us a little note and we'll be happy to reach out and see if we can get that person on board we love sharing these stories you know origin stories and inspirations and things of that nature and to help you guys get some golden nuggets on what you should be thinking about as entrepreneurs and c-level execs executives business professionals blue-collar workers all of this matters and it all applies it doesn't matter there's always something good for every one of you by the way you're listening to this you've probably got a friend or two that could that could dig into what tristan shared today and you probably get some benefit out of it so share it with them send it to them send them an email send them a share make sure that everybody that should hear it gets a shot at it all right we love you guys thank you so much for listening to us remember stay up stay safe stay healthy and live for tristan Palou and myself coffee with mike ciao for now For more information on Java Chat, visit www.javachatpodcast.com. You've been listening to Coffee with Mike on Java Chat. Tune in weekly to this podcast for the next episode. You can also download or subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. A production of Oasis Media Group, LLC. Located in Las Vegas, Nevada. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.